you know, it's funny, you have the, this negative self-talk, particularly as a young trial lawyer when you don't know what you're doing, where you're like, I'm not good at this, I'm not very, I'm not going to be the best one for this, I'm going to fail. You know, once you get to that point and you realize, hey, I am the best one for this job, it's really liberating. In law school, attorneys are taught to challenge everything, tear things apart, break them down, but the qualities that make great lawyers are some of the worst for running a business. At every stage of growth, running a business and practicing law can be overwhelming. You don't have to do this alone. I'm Maria Monroy, president and co-founder of LawRank, an SEO agency for ambitious law firms. Each week we hear from the industry leaders on what it really takes to run a law firm, from marketing to manifestation. Because success lies in the balance of life and law, we're here to help you tip the scales. Today I'm live with Grayson Goody. My name is Grayson Goody. I'm a partner at the Simon Law Group and I'm also a partner and owner at Goody Law Group. Are you a Goody Goody? I'm a Goody Goody. That's like the first time you hear this. And a Goody Two Shoes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. You are though the nicest person ever. Oh, thank you. No, really. I'm sure you get this all the time. Yeah. No, I'm not nice. Well, I, you know, I grew up in a small town and, uh, I got three older brothers and I just kind of was taught to be nice from a, from a young Are you the youngest? I am. I'm the youngest of four brothers. Wow. Do you get along with your brothers? You know, for the most part, we can hang out for like two or three days, but then by day four, it's usually like we get into a fight and we got to separate a little bit. And then okay. distance makes the heart grow stronger. So yeah, we, we get along for the most part. Well, yeah. That's good. So you work at the Simon Law Group. Yes. Yeah. What's I, that been like? How long have you been there? Well, I've been at the Simon Law Group for about 10 years. Really? Um, yeah. So when I got out of law school, I got a job down in San Diego. I went to law school in San Diego. And I got a job for like four or five months, and then my buddies, Brandon and Sevi, who you know, yes. were working at the Simon Law Group, and they invited me up, and you know, the rest is history. I, I absolutely love it. It's been, a, it's been a blessing to have the opportunities that I've been provided at the Simon Law Group. I could totally see you being like a San Diego guy. Do you yeah. miss it or no? Oh, absolutely. I think San Diego is my favorite city in the entire world, aside from back home in Wyoming. Um, and in fact, if we opened a branch down there, I would very seriously consider moving down there. I could totally see you and Tally living in San Diego. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know if I've showed you this, but my old ID. So when I was in law school, my hair was down like below my shoulders. I believe it. Yeah. So I surfed all the time. Um, law school, I probably surfed four or five times a week, just in between classes. And, um, San Diego has a, a big piece of my heart. I bet. So tell me what it's been like these 10 years? Because now you're a well-known trial lawyer. Yeah, thank you. Well, you know, at, at the beginning, it's kind of funny how it works in the law is I feel like you kind of will fall in to some practice area that you didn't necessarily think you were going to be in. Uh, my dad's a criminal defense attorney, so I always kind of thought I might do criminal defense, and I never really wanted to do trial work until I started working at the Simon Law Group. So, you know, I, I started working here and I tried a couple cases with Bob, with Tom Fair, tried one with Sevy, and kind of, you know, as time went on, I just, I, I just got better and better at it. And now that's kind of all I do. You know, all I do is really try cases and um, it's taken a while, Maria. It's taken a while to get proficient at it. And I think over the last probably four or five years, you know, when I get a case, I always kind of try to put myself in my client's shoes to understand what they're going through. 
think in the last four or five years, I've finally come to that place where I'm saying, if I was in your shoes, I would want me trying this case because I trust in myself and I trust in the skills that I've built over the past 10 years so much. So That's I, amazing. Yeah, so again, I've just been really lucky. I've been given every opportunity in the world to try cases and learn from the best. Absolutely. And at first, were you scared? For sure. For sure. I think that it's the number, I think it's the number one or two fear in the entire world is like public speaking. Yes. Yes, it is. So yeah. And particularly when you don't know what you're doing and you're going into trial and you've got a direct exam or a cross exam and, and you haven't really seen anybody do it before, it's nerve wracking. And, uh, and I still, you know, to this day, I still get nervous. I get butterflies in my stomach when I'm about to talk that's to a good. jury. Yeah. That's a good thing. It is a good thing. Worry the day that goes away. It, you have to worry the day it goes away. You yeah. know, I read a lot of Jerry Spence. He's like kind of one of my mentors. I, I read a lot of his books. And, and he says that that concern and that worry and that fear of failing and, the, and the, the desire to do really well for your client and to win the case, that's what makes you better. And that's what makes you strive and work hard and be prepared for your trials. So like you said, once that goes, you should be very concerned. You should be concerned. And you and your wife started a firm mm-hmm. and the Simon Law Group is cool with this? Yes. Well, so her story is is kind of interesting. You know, she came out of law school. She was doing art law for a few years. Really? You, I didn't know this about her. You didn't know this about no. Tally? So it, it's actually really cool. So she was in a small firm in Century City and she was doing art law, which is like art transactions. And then there's like a lot of fraud in the art world, as you might imagine. Interesting. Yeah. So there was a lot of lawsuits going on, but really it was just her and her boss and, um, you know, she was driving an hour and a half to work in the morning, an hour and a half from, and I was at a point in my career with the Simon Law Group where I was like, you know, hey, we're doing well enough. I'm, I'm, I'm doing well enough. I'm a partner here. Take this leap. Take this opportunity that we have. Well, you're a partner. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I've been a partner at Simon Law Group for four or five years. How many partners are years? there? Oh, boy. I think now we just got Greg Jackson and Evan Garcia in. I think there are nine partners now. That's amazing. I just love how the Simons like take people in mm-hmm. and like they help people grow with them. Yeah. Right. It's not about them. Mm-hmm. It's really about the firm. A, a thousand percent. A thousand percent. And I think that's the mark of a, a really good leader is somebody who says, you know what, let me bring you up and a rising tide rises all ships. And, you know, you just since I've known Bob, since I've known Brad and Brandon and really the Simons in general, that's what they do with people. You know, they they say, hey, I see something in you. You may not even see in yourself. Let me help you. And and at the end of the day, we're all going to help each other. And I've seen that so many times with Bob, with Brad, with Brandon, you know, they're just, that's what they're really good at. They're really good at helping people. And at the end of the day, it helps everybody. It's funny because Bob was my first guest. Oh, really? Yeah. And I I called him with the idea. I was like, Hey, I'm going to start this podcast. And what do you think? And he was super supportive. And I said, how, how would you feel if you were the first guest and we recorded during Lottie Gras? And he said, of course, I'm down. Like, I'll support you, whatever. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this particular thing where he said, you know, I find lawyers that I think can be really good trial lawyers and I bring them in and I, you know, I help them grow. And it's not 
about me trying every case, mm-hmm. right? And how that's mm-hmm. given him work-life balance. Yeah. And that's, right? that's really important, you know, and, and kind of going back to what you were asking me about earlier, like how did they feel starting Goody Law Group? Bob was ultimate supportive, you know, he was giving us tips. He was telling us, Hey, you know, here's a good slogan for the firm. You know, um, there's, there's so much support there. Uh, and you see the opposite of it in the legal community. You really do, you know, especially in LA, especially in LA, you have these, you know, real famous attorneys who are running their firm and they've got these great cases, but they don't let anybody else try them. They have to go try them. Um, but that kind of means that they're, always cooped up trying all these cases right. like bring people up around you that get to your level or you know better or worse whatever it is and then you can diversify you can start doing other things which you've seen bob do with jhq and and with all of his other things that he's got going on <laughs> yeah he has a lot going on <laughs> and it, it's funny because people will message me and they're like oh my god i love bob like can you intro me i'm like just dm him like he's He'll like respond. he will respond yeah. or people will tell me like i dm'd bob and like he gave me his number and we're texting back and forth and he mentors so many people but mm-hmm. the way that he's mentored you and Sevi and everyone else at the firm is like a whole other level. It is. It is. It's a whole nother level. I mean, to give you an example, I was along for the ride with Bob on, you know, maybe like three or four trials. I think I watched Tom Fayer try a case or two. So I kind of like had a decent idea about what I was doing in the courtroom. And, you know, back in 2016, I think it was, Bob gave me my first case to go try. Like, hey, your first chair on this case. It was a cervical fusion case, huge crash. I mean, it's like a multi-million dollar case. And I had to drive up to Ventura to go try this case. And I was like, I don't really even know what I'm doing. But again, he saw something in me that maybe I didn't, ended up being a great verdict. And then, you know, that kind of gives me the confidence to go out and start trying a lot more cases and, and, and feeling like, hey, I can really do this. I can be successful doing this and I can be really good at it. Why do you think you're so good at it? You know, I think there's a, a few things that make me different from other trial lawyers. I think that, um, you know, just growing up, I've, I've grown up very, very humble, um, very honest. And I take the case that's in front of me and I try that case. I don't try, I don't try to make it anything that it's not. Um, I try to, and again, this kind of goes back to some of the things that I've learned, just, just educating myself as a trial lawyer reading a lot of Jerry Spence, it's just about honesty. It's about taking those things that are really bad in the case and just making them your own, you know, and and being honest with the jury. And I think that when I go in there, jurors have this feeling about trial lawyers, that they're dishonest, that they're going to try to slant every fact in their favor. And when I go in there and I talk to a jury, I think that they can see through that and and they see that I'm honest and they see that I'm just going to tell them things how it is, you know, and, um, and I think that's what's really made me a good trial lawyer and made me really not scared of the bad facts. I just take them and, and I'll be honest with them. That's it. Be honest with the jury, be honest with yourself, be honest with the client. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, you're going to find that there's going to be justice. Joe Free talks a lot about this as well. And you're very likable. And I feel like that has to impact the jury. Yeah. Well, I try to, you know, it's one of those things. I think Nick Rowley does this too, is, you know, when you, when you talk with a jury, really, you don't just try and get like surface things from them in, in jury selection. You really want to talk about, you know, 
levels below. You want to peel back the onion. You want to talk about, oh, hey, what do you really love to do? Why do you love to do it? Do you feel you're good at it? Why do you feel like you're good at it? Is that a passion of yours? Try to figure out who these people are and at the same time show them a little bit about yourself because that's what brings trust. And the biggest thing when you're in trial is trust. A jury, you want a jury to trust you. And, um, and that's, that's the way to do it. Talk to them like a person. Don't use big words, which is easy because I don't know very many <laughs> big words. <laughs> so tell us more about uh, Goody Law Group. Yes. Okay, yeah. So, so going back to Tally, I just said, look, babe, start your own firm. You can do this. Like, don't worry about the money thing. And she goes, okay. So she quit her firm. And immediately she starts doing, you know, PI employment. She sets it all up. She does all the groundwork. And, you know, I've always been a partner of it, but she's done 99% of the work. And some of the things that I think that are, have been really creative and have helped her um, and been really fun at the same time is she does a mock law school class. And throughout COVID, we did this a few times where you have high school students, you have college students, you have people that are maybe like just starting law school that want to know what law school classes are like. So we'll get them together. We'll give them a case. We'll, we'll say, hey, we have to do X, Y, and Z on this case. We're, we're going to do a Socratic method class. And then we, we do this class. And she's gotten a ton of cases from these classes. She's had a lot of people that have just really started to follow her on social media because she is a mentor in herself, you know, in her own right. And people just love to hear from her. She's, I mean, you talk about likable. Talia is extremely likable. She is. She's absolutely gorgeous. And she goes out of her way to help people. And I think that has really helped her firm and our firm take off. Oh, absolutely. We were at TBI. I don't know if it was last year or the year before, the last TBI that they had last mm-hmm. year. And we're just like walking through the hall and this kid, I say kid because he was, for us, he was, he was young, you know, mm-hmm. stops her. And he's like freaked out. He's like, you would think Tally was like fucking Britney Spears. <laughs> and he's like, oh my God, Tally, I love you so much. I love your Instagram. Can we, can we take a picture? Mm-hmm. So the next thing you know, I'm like taking mm-hmm. pictures for Tally and this random kid. And he's like totally fangirling her. And I'm like, the hell just happened yeah well and this will give you an idea about how famous she is on social media i will be out i'll be like at a golf tournament or i'll be at like you know i'll be speaking at some sort of lawyer event and people will come up to me and be like oh my god you're tally goody's husband oh where is tally here can we take a picture together people have like wanted pictures with me and I'm on TikTok too. I haven't posted one time, but just by but virtue. But you're in her videos sometimes. I'm so, you know, I've been in a couple videos yes. when she wants me to be attacked by a dog or something like that. <laughs> I'll be there. But just by virtue of being in her videos in, you know, Instagram and TikTok, I've got like a bunch of followers on TikTok I've never even posted. So it's like it, the first time somebody stopped me and was like, oh, are you Tally Goody's husband? I was like, all right, she's famous. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. What's really funny, and I've actually talked to you guys about this before, is that you are both so nice. And don't thank me. Stop thanking me. <laughs> You're both so nice. And typically, there's like one person that has like in a relationship, and this is my husband's theory, that is like, you know, not as friendly. And in his, uh, he jokes that that's me, but he's like dead serious because he's like super, super nice. Your husband is really nice. Oh, you've met him. Yeah, he's great. He's Very great. few people have met him. Yeah. People think he's not real, but you have met him. I've seen pictures and I've, I've seen him in the we've flesh. Had, we've so. had dinner. Yes, yeah. we have. He's awesome. At TLU. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But you're both super nice. 
There like, is a little yin yang there, though. So if you've ever been out with Tally, she can get a little fiery after a few drinks. She, yeah, yeah. She, she's, can, she, she has some fire inside. It can come out, but it's yeah. still cute when she does it. Yeah, it is. It is yeah. really cute. Little five foot two thing getting all fiery. Yeah. But yeah, there's still a yin yang. There's, there's a play there, too, for sure. You know, we balance each other out quite a bit. We're, so we're very good about that. What's it like working together? Oh, it's fun. It's really fun. So she, kind of how we have it structured right now, um, is she does all the pre-litigation stuff, right, at the firm. So she's always doing demand letters. She's meeting with clients. She's, you know, setting up doctor's appointments. If things get into litigation, I might step in and, you know, send some discovery or I'll send, you know, send a demand. Not a lot of her cases are in litigation. So, you know, maybe 5% of my time is, you know, focused on litigating her cases. But for the most part, we've been really lucky because when her cases get into litigation, they just sent, they tend to settle. So that's kind of how we split it up. She, you know, she has questions for me at times about, you know, hey, what should I do in this situation? Oh, send a Public Records Act request. And we just bounce things off each other all the time. So it's, it's been great. And it's, I, I'm just super proud of her because, like I told you, she has built this whole thing. It's been all her building Goody Law Group. Now she's got her own office. She's, you know, it's, it's so cool to watch. And you guys had a baby. We did have a baby. We have an eight-month-old now. Wow. Yeah. Time flies. Time flies. And it's the best thing in the world. As you know, you I, have yeah. three, right? I, I do, yeah. You have three, yeah. yeah. I remember when she told me. I guessed she was pregnant. Do you remember? I do remember. We You're were, the first person. Yeah. You were the very, and that was really early. That was like two and a half, three months. And you were like, wait, are you, how did you know? I don't know. I always know. People think I'm crazy, but literally I can tell when someone's pregnant. That's amazing. Yeah. If I know them, not yeah. if it's like a random person, like I can't tell, but mm -hmm. I had a feeling I was like, are you pregnant? And she was like, fuck. <laughs> She's like, no one knows. <laughs> that was literally before we even told our families, I think. I know. No one knew. Yeah. And then I kept taking her drinks because no one knew. So I was like, mm -hmm. here, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, it's been great. I mean, the baby girl is like, you know, I always thought I wanted a boy until we had a girl. And I'm like, I'm so freaking in love. I mean, it's, yeah. it's such a cool thing having a baby girl. And um, I just wish we would have done it a little bit sooner. Really? Yeah. No, things yeah. happen when they're supposed to happen. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So that's tell me true. about this place in Wyoming. Well, um, you know, so I'm from Jackson Hole originally. It's like the best skiing in North America. Maybe the world, arguably. It's really, I've really I've never good. skied. I'm you, scared too, so. Have you ever been to Jackson Hole? No, I've never, no. Okay. I've never been to it. So it's gorgeous. You would really like it. I mean, it's, it's surrounded by mountains, big mountains, you know, 14 and a half thousand feet high. Um, you know, it's outdoorsy, you know, camping, all that good stuff. So Jackson Hole is, is very expensive. Okay, so I can't afford getting sounds, something in Jackson expensive. Hole. Uh, believe it or not, it is the, I want to say it's the highest income, the highest gross income county, Teton County, in the entire country. Really? So more so than the East Coast, more so than like Greenwich. Like it's the highest grossing income in the entire huh. country. Interesting. It's because there's a lot of billionaires that kind of like move in there. They just come in in the summer. Um, but we couldn't afford anything in Jackson. So not yet. Not yet. Not yet. But about 45 minutes southeast of Jackson, there's this little town called Bondurant. It used to be called Little Jackson Hole. So Jackson Hole is in this big valley surrounded by mountains. It's about 6,000 feet elevation. This is up higher at about 7,500 feet elevation, and it's just sort of a smaller little valley. 
Um, we got a 12 and a half acre ranch out there. That's it's amazing. got a house on it. It's got a big barn uh, right on the backside of the ranch. The Hoback River runs through it. Um, so it's, it, it's always been my dream. And in fact, you know, every year at Simon Law Group, we have like our group retreats. And I remember, I think it was like seven or eight years ago, we were talking about like our goals, you know, moving forward. And I said, look, I want houses in the places that I love so that I can go back and forth and I can work from there. And I said, I want one in LA, of course, because we work here. Right. I want one back home in Wyoming and I want one in Costa Rica. Costa Rica. In Costa Rica, because I'm a big surfer and I love, yeah. I really love Costa Rica. It's kind of I've like. I've never been, so. You have to go. I, I We plan on it, yeah. Yeah. So. I'm, I got two of the three now, and, and with COVID, everything has gone remote, so I can just go out there and I can work. I got Starlink satellite, and then, you know, go snowmobiling or do whatever it is that I want to do for the day. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's awesome. It brings me back to my roots. It really yeah. does. Yeah. And I, I've, I've heard you're looking out there, too. Not looking. I just inquired with Tally. I said, you know, what does that look like? Because we would love to have a place for the kids to just be like more in touch with nature mm -hmm. and not like always in a city. Yeah. But my dream is like, I want an apartment in New York City. Like, that's what I want. Really? You're a big city girl, city, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you lived in Mexico City, right? Or yeah. do you still live in Mexico City? No, we moved to Vegas. Okay, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how girl. long I'll last. So. Yeah. Well, you got to, you got to get that decompression sometimes because yeah. you're in the city all the time, you know, high anxiety, high energy all the time. Honestly. So the last case I tried, I, it was like three months, September 28th through December 17th. Jesus. And it was up North in San Mateo County. So I was like out of the house. I was taking two flights every week. As soon as we got done, literally right after closing arguments, I was like, peace out, flew to Wyoming, put my feet up, right next to the fire and we just chilled for like two weeks and it was the best decompression that you can get. Yeah. For me this year, I really want to focus more on like my health in general. Mm -hmm. What are some things that you do to de-stress? Cause you have a, a high stress job, I'd argue. Yeah, no doubt. I, you know, de-stressing, I think for me, um, just doing some of the things I'm passionate about surfing, um, you know, getting out to Wyoming, working out, uh, yoga, you know, we have a sauna. There's a, honestly, there are a lot of things that you have I've a sort sauna? of, yeah. How uh, hot does it get? Oh, it gets like 195 degrees. Okay. It's hot. It's hot. And so like, I've taken these things that de-stress me and I've kind of tried to build them around me so that I have a lot of opportunities to de-stress. You know, I come home late, take a sauna. Um, I get up early, I go work out. You know, I kind of try to get those endorphins going. I get done with a long trial, maybe I'll go out to Wyoming. Maybe I'll go see some friends in Montana because I went to school in Montana. I've got a lot of friends up there. Travel. Um, it, it's one of those things when you have a stressful job and you're working really hard, you, gotta, you have to force yourself to take the time off. I think a lot of lawyers are really bad at that. Mm -hmm. I'm bad at that. Yeah, I'm bad at it too. It really. doesn't sound like it. I try my, no, I really try my best. But even, you know, my father-in-law, he's out in Wyoming right now. He's like, he's like, dude, just, just leave. Just take four days. Just come out. I know you want to come out. I'm like, I, I literally can't right now. I literally am, you know, I'm getting ready for my next trial. So I think that a lot of younger attorneys should start trying to do that. Particularly make it a habit. Because, you know, when I was a younger attorney, when I first started at Simon Law Group and in the firm that I was working at before, 
I had this feeling like I always have to be working, right? Like, hey, I'm getting paid well. I, I need to be working on these cases. And when you're an attorney, it's like there's never going to be a shortage of work. I don't care how many cases you have. You can always do something more. But you have to come to that conclusion and that, you know, that final, you got to take some time off. You have to force yourself to, otherwise you're going to burn out. You're not going to like your life. You're going to turn to alcohol or whatever. Well, that's super, super. I mean, I think that's a known thing that in the legal Mm -hmm. space, that's a huge issue. It is. It really is. So, you know, try to do other things. And you're vegan or did I dream that? Yeah, I am. Yeah. Tally and I have been vegan for four years. How's that going? It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. You know, we did it as a um, New Year's resolution. We were just going to do it for a month. Wow. We were like, let's just see, you know, let's just see how it makes us feel. Because I was, this is kind of goes back into the stressful thing. I kind of had high blood pressure. Um, I was having some issues where I'd go get physicals and they'd be like, dude, you need to like de-stress. Like eat less red meat, eat less, you know, cheeses and dairy. And so we said, you know, let's just do it for a month. Let's see how we feel. So we did it for a month and then it just kind of caught on. And we've been that way for four years. Although I did relapse like about a month and a half in. Did you? What did you eat? I did. So I actually remember I was at a deposition in like Culver City and I was coming back on PCH and I was like, cheese is so addictive. Like cheese is really addictive for me. And I've always really liked cheese. And it had been like six weeks and I'm like, I haven't had any fucking cheese. Like I got to get some food. I got to get some food. I was really hungry. So I stopped by Taco Bell (laughs) and I didn't get any meat. I didn't get any meat, but I got like, I got like a a cheesy gordita crunch with no meat. I got like nachos. How did you feel afterwards? I felt terrible. I I felt like a, I felt like a drug addict. I seriously felt like a drug addict and I was in my car and I ate like half of it and I was like, oh, and I like threw it away. And, and the I, guilt, the guilt. And it, and it was guilty. It was so, I was so guilty. I didn't even tell Tally. I didn't even tell Does her. Does she know now? She knows now. Okay. Like, oh I, like a year and a half later, I was telling somebody this story about how I relapsed and she's like, you never fucking told me that you relapsed. What is this? I'm like, this is why you're upset about it. And I was guilty. <laughs> um, I was worried you were telling me before telling like, No, no. I don't no, want no. her to listen to this. Like, she knows by now. Okay, she good. knows. I, I have a lot of, uh, I've got a lot of guilt when it comes to eating. I'm a, I'm a sweet tooth too. So like if there's can't, I can't have candy in the house cause I'll eat the entire bag literally. And then I'll did, like, did you see the Girl Scout cookies? Don't tell me that. I can't, <laughs> I can't know that. I can't know that. So wait, back to that uh, high blood pressure. Yeah. Well, you know what? So when we went vegan, um, my blood pressure dropped like 20 points. That's crazy. After about a year. So I get physicals every year. Now I got no issues. I have no like high blood sugar, no high blood pressure. Everything, I mean, knock on wood, everything right now is looking really good. And I'm still as stressed as I used to be, so. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's, it's tough. Like, one of the things I've started to do, and I'm a huge fan of Huberman. I don't know if you've ever listened to his podcast, Huberman Lab. No, I haven't. Oh, my God, you have to. I will. So, he has this non-sleep, deep rest meditation. It's really yoga nidra, but I think he didn't want to call it that because, you know, people get weird about yoga. But it's this meditation you do, you don't fall asleep, although sometimes you almost fall asleep, but it like restores you. So like during, especially during conferences or like days Mm. like this where I'm like, go, go, go. Mm -hmm. And then I have a break, I'll do it. 
yeah. then you'd like feel energized afterwards. I love that. And, and actually, so there was, it, there's a similar thing that we used to do in law school and I don't really do it anymore, but I should. Um, what, actually our, our bar professor who was teaching us how to get ready for the bar was, and he said almost the exact same thing that you did was like, Hey, if you, if you lay down, so if you lay down flat <clears throat> and then you do a sort of meditation where you go from your toes all the way to your that's, head, that's what they do. Is that what they do? Mm-hmm. And this is exactly what he told us. You, you just relax your toes, relax your heel, relax your ankle, and then you move all the way up. Eventually, you're going to get to a very relaxed state, and if you only need to do it for 15 minutes, yeah, no, you pop it's not up, long. and you're like, wow, I have so much more energy. Yeah, you can Google it. It's like, it's a 10-minute thing. He has it on YouTube. It's free, mm-hmm. and it's similar to that, although there is like some breathing, and he kind of jumps around a bit, but his whole point is like, you can control your nervous system, Yeah. so you can actually like bring it back down, and... I have found it to be, I actually had my 10 year old do it with me once. I was oh, wow. like, okay, you're going to do this. Just listen to the prompts. And he was like, he, he opened his eyes. He's like, oh, that was so relaxing. And yeah. he loved it. I love it. So like, I think he's actually done it a few times now. Well, it, and that's great. So your 10 year old likes it for any trialers that want to do that stuff. That's super important. Being a trialer. We talked about being nervous earlier. You know, you can, if you have the ability to control your breath and control your heart rate, that will bring down your anxiety. That will make you a lot less nervous. And I always try to do that when I go into trial. And if you like, you're a witness, you're going to be on the stand and you were like freaking out. Cause most witnesses are like, I've never testified in front of a jury. I'm freaking out right now. I try to kind of lead them through sort of a little breathing technique that will do something similar to that and bring down their anxiety. Cause if you slow down your breath, you slow down your heart rate then you slow everything down. Absolutely. So Huberman talks about this uh, breath where you fill your lungs, so you breathe through your nose, Mm -hmm. and then when you're like full, you take another quick uh, inhale, and it's like, it's tough, right? Mm -hmm. And I think you can even do it twice. I can't remember if he says once or twice. And then you let the air out through your mouth, and that they've done studies, that is what will relax you the fastest. If our listeners could only remember one takeaway from this conversation, what would it be? As a young attorney, learn how to de-stress and make that a habit early on in your career. You will thank yourself later. Awesome. I love how we got to discuss how important it was to have those mentors. And even if you're afraid to go and try those cases and just getting better at it and then having that confidence in yourself now Mm -hmm. that you know that if a client hires you, that you feel good about that. Yeah. I would want me as your trial lawyer. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I, you know, it's funny. You have the, this negative self-talk, particularly as a young trial lawyer, when you don't know what you're doing, where you're like, I'm not good at this. I'm not very, I'm not going to be the best one for this. I'm going to fail. You know, once you get to that point and you realize, Hey, I am the best one for this job. It's really liberating. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Thank well, thank you. you so much for coming today. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much to Grace and Goody at the Simon Law Group and Goody Law Group. If you found the story valuable, please share it with someone you want to see succeed. Subscribe so you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review. It goes a long way to help others discover the show. Catch us next week on Tip the Scales with me, Maria Monroy, president of LawRink. Hear how the best in the business broke out of limiting beliefs, overcame adversity, and built a thriving, purpose-driven business in the process. Oh,